This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter 33. Going to finish the chapter today, or hopefully we will. We're we're in this wonderful chapter, and it is a wonderful chapter because Jacob has wrestled with God and received the promises of God and has been changed by God. And that change is going to bring about a great, a great time of reunion, a great time of forgiveness, a time where Jacob is going to uh, reunite with his brother Esau. They are going to release each other from the things that they held against each other. And and they're going to have a time of getting to know each other's children. They're going to reunite that relationship. And I think it's a powerful message. It's a powerful passage just because of that. And if you listen to the sermon last Sunday, Forgiveness is an aspect of that powerful faith that is required, that God wants for us to walk in. It is, forgiveness is required because if you can't, if you can't forgive, then you cannot grab hold of, or really you don't have, you don't have the ability to utilize the faith that God has given you to walk in. As we go through this and discuss this and understand this, there's two principles that are at work here, and I want to lay them out. They seem dichotomous. They may seem a little bit weird for me to mention them together, but I want to, I want you to see them, and I want you to understand them, and I want you to, to get it because it, it's important because it helps you in, in, in the forgiving process. It helps you understand what's going on. It says, then Esau said, notice it's Esau. He's the one that's wrong, verse 12. He's the one who was hurt. Esau said, let us take a journey. Let us go, and I will go before you. That's a picture of, if you say, let's go together on a journey, that's a picture of doing life together. Let's go and head back. And they are a long way off from where their father was and where their father lives. It's not a long way in in terms of distance, but they are in terms of how long it takes for a person to get there when they're walking, and especially when they're driving herds of sheep. It's a long way, okay? But five miles is a long way when you're trying to herd sheep, and anybody who is who is who has had to take care of sheep and do that understand that the sheep are they're really dumb animals, and the reason they're dumb is because they don't really understand the situation they're in. They don't understand their environment. Environment. They're not self-aware. If you want to know the truth, and you go, well, why does God call us? Because you don't understand your environment, and the truth is you're not self-aware. And you go, I do understand my environment. No, you don't. You don't understand that the world that you live in is bifurcated. There's two two aspects of it. There's a physical world that you feel like you have a good understanding of, which you really don't. And then there's the spiritual world, which you have really very little understanding of, and that is influencing everything. And so the truth is you're walking around and spiritual things are happening all around you all the time and you are totally unaware of it. 
And that's why you're like a sheep. A sheep will let you come up and cut its coat off even in the dead of winter. Why would a sheep let you cut its hair off and not fight you in the dead of winter? Because it's a sheep. And uh, a sheep will let you come and actually slaughter it without even questioning, without even bleeding. Why? Because it's a sheep. It doesn't really understand what's going on around it. It wanders off. It, it does not very bright stuff. And the truth is, in a spiritual aspect, you're the very, very same way. You don't understand the world you live in. You don't understand the spiritual forces that are at work around you. You don't understand the spiritual things God's doing in your life very much. And just letting God and doing and going and don't really know. When they're driving sheep and they're driving cattle and they're dealing with all the... Jacob is moving his whole family. He's moving his children. He's moving everything. And Esau has got 500, 400 horsemen that he's with. They're in two different, wholly two different places as far as when they met. They're not in the same place. They're not the same. They're not the same men they were before when they were, when they, when they separated. Their hearts have been changed. They're different people. Jacob has become Israel. Esau has obviously learned forgiveness and learned love. What a, can I say much more about Esau's character? If you can learn forgiveness and learn love, but you can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I can't say a whole lot about Esau's life right now about that, but I can say from what I see right here, he's definitely producing fruit of the Spirit. He's producing love, and uh, he's producing peace, and he's producing kindness and goodness. And just have to say that Esau's got it going on, and he wants to take this journey with, but the truth is that we're not going to journey through life all together. We're not. You're going to journey through life with different people and during the, your spiritual walk, you're going to journey with different people during different seasons. Some of them you're going to journey with your whole life and some of them you're going to journey with long periods of time and some of them you're just going to have short encounters with that change their life and make them a better person. There's going to be great joy that comes from that in eternity because you made that huge difference in their life and yet we're only there for a very short season. And uh, so many times we think, that when we forgive somebody and we release them from their troubles, that we have to just, we have to mount up and go on the journey of life with them from that point on. And that's not really what usually happens. When you have a really bad problem with someone, when you have an issue with someone, um, you don't have to, when you release them, when you release them from the curse of their sin against you. When you forgive them, that's what you're doing. Forgive means to let go. And let go of what? Let go of the bondage or the binding of sin. You're releasing them from their bondage of sin. When you do that, you don't have to necessarily go through life with them. You don't have to you don't have to continue on. So many times, if someone has stolen from you, you can forgive them, but that doesn't mean you have to give them access to your checking account. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean that y'all have to open up a bank account together and put all your funds in there. You don't have to do that. That's not the necessity of forgiving someone. What that is, is that means that I have released them from it. I'm not holding that against them anymore. I'm not holding it in, in, in their account anymore in my life. I'm releasing them. I'm letting them go. But I don't have to. I, it's not. It may not. It probably is not going to be the case where I'm going to go on this journey of life with them. Why? Because we're in two different places and we're not going in the same direction. But that person can go in the peace of God and I can go in the release that comes from forgiveness, the release that allows me to walk in the full power of God. And so 
Esau wants to go on this journey, but Jacob is right in what he says next because he understands that they can't go on this journey together, not in the same place. Jacob said to him, my Lord knows that the children are weak. We've already gone on a long journey. We went through the mountains. We were caught by my father-in-law and we had all that, all that emotional stuff that was going on. And the flocks and the herds, which are nursing with me, notice that there's obviously, they've gone through the season, the calving season. We would call it, if you're into a cattle, they've gone through the season of the folds coming in. And so there's, there's young livestock out there that is still nursing its mother. And if the men should drive them hard one day, all the flock will die. And he's saying, we can't drive them hard. We can't push them today. We can't push. We're not going to be able to do what you're able to do because you're with 400 horsemen and they can just go and do whatever is necessary. They, they're free to head out and get it on and get it going. And so he says, please let my Lord go on ahead before his servant. What he's saying is, you go on ahead in life. You, we're we're right. We're good, brother. We good, bro. That's what he's saying. We're, we got. We have forgiven each other. We have released each other. We we know that if we need each other, we can reach out. There's love there. He says, "Please let my Lord go on before His servant. I will lead on slowly at a pace which the livestock that go before me and the children are able to endure until I come to my Lord and see her." What he's saying is, "I'm gonna see you." I'm going to see you down there. You're, he's actually ridden a good long way. If you look at Esau's journey to meet Jacob, Seir is in the southern mountains, the, the Dead Sea. It, he's probably 20, 30 miles that he's come. And Jacob needs to go to Succoth and to see his father and to, to the area where, he's, where he grew up. And he's going to see his brother in Seir eventually. They're going to, they're going to meet up again, but they're not going to go and do life together. And you can't do life with everybody. God's made us to be important in different and unique ways in different people's lives. And they're just not going to do life together. They're just not going to do it today that way. That's just not what they're going to do. They've got different things to do. And sometimes when you do life with somebody, they impede your growth because they are in the position that you are moving toward. And there can only be one person in that position. And it's going to be very difficult for them to do what you're doing in the place where you're doing it. And they need to find the place where God has for them. They need to find the field that God wants to plant them in. And that's fine. That is okay. That is important. And so I'm, I may be a blessing to someone one day. I may be a blessing to someone one week or month or season. And I may be a blessing to someone their whole life. And you just never know who they are and where they're going to be and where you're going to hook up with someone and where life's going to take you. But what you can do is you can be loving, you can be giving, and you can be forgiving. And if you are, you're more likely to do that in people's lives regularly and all the time around you. Why? Because your hands are free from holding someone to their sin, and they're free to grab hold of the grace of God that God's made available to you, and they're free to use the gift of faith that God has given you. Your hands are made to to use God's faith in great power, the faith that God's given you to trust him, the ability God's given you to walk with him and believe in that ability is used best when you're not holding someone else 
to their issues. What you're doing is you're loving them. You're uh, you're using you're using the power of God to change them, and you're making life with them. Jacob and Esau are not going to do life together. They're just not. But they have forgiven each other, and that's the way it's that's the way life is. That's the way it should be. He said, and Esau said, verse fifteen. Now let me leave you with some of my people who are with me. And what he's saying is, I don't want you to leave you by yourself. I don't want you to leave. I leave you out here with nothing. He says, let me leave you with some help. Let me help you out. But Jacob said, what need is there? Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord. What he's saying is, I don't need that. It's not necessary. So many times we feel like when we've re- renewed our relationship with someone that we've got to go the extra mile and do something. He says, that's not required here. Let me find favor in thy sight. So Esau returned that day on his way to see her. Notice they've separated. Now, I want you to. I do want to. I do want to explain something to you before we before we end this Bible study. I, and I think it's very important in the process of forgiveness because remember the idea, the whole idea of forgiveness comes from God. And really, the way God glorifies Himself with us is He takes that which is broken, makes it new, makes it. He fixes it. He takes that which is dead, makes it alive. Takes that which is lost and finds it and makes it whole again. We are the trophies of His grace. We're the we're the aspect of God's creation that He can point to and show His His grace and His mercy are available to all. And so that's who we are, and that's an important understanding to have of who God is. We are a trophy of His grace, and one of the things that's cool about God is that He loves us. And so many times we get into, I love them. The truth is I don't really like them. I don't know if you know it or not, but you are pleasurable to God. You please him. And he, it's an important understanding of God to have that God, God doesn't just love me. He actually likes me. There's something about me that he really enjoys and that he really likes. He likes me. He loves me. But he also likes me, and he likes me, my intricacies. He likes my weird quirks. He likes all the aspects of who I am. He likes me, and also he has this abiding character of love that is self-sacrificial, that is building up, that gives even though I don't do anything for it. That is who he is, but he also is a God who, like I said, he, he likes me. Now, if you're going to be a person who is got the character of God, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to figure out an aspect of the people around you. Because listen, even though God loves us, we're not very lovable. And even though God likes us, there's some really stinky parts of us that make us almost unbearable to each other. And if you don't realize that, you just haven't dealt with enough people in time. We just got so many issues and so many problems that each one of us, are, we can just be, we can grade on each other. I, I don't know if you know it or not, but some of y'all grade on me. I'm sure I grade on you. <laughs> but that's the way we are. That's who we are. And, and God, God, in his infinite love and grace, has learned, he hadn't learned, he started out liking us. But what we've got to do is, I'm going to tell you, the way you can really learn how to love someone is first look for things in their life that you like, aspects of who they are and who their character is that you really like. 
And there's going to be some of God in them if they're part of the kingdom and you're going to love them as a part of the bride. If you're going to love each other as I have loved you, that's the third commandment of the spirit. This third law of the spirit in the or the law of love in the New Testament. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. And then love each other as I've loved you. If you're gonna, if you're gonna learn to love other believers, if you're gonna learn to love them like God's loved us, loved loved us. You're gonna have to learn how to like them. And the only way to do that is to find aspects of what God is doing in their life to like about them. And when you do that, you begin to build an affinity toward them. And then God begins to be able to teach you how to be self-sacrificially loving toward them. Because remember, that commandment is love each other as I've loved you. He loves us with agape love. He loves us with God's love. He loves us with self-sacrificial, forgiving love. He loves us with a powerful love that changes the world. And the only way for you to really do it like God does it is you got to learn how to like someone. You got to learn aspects of them that you really like. And then you begin to grow in your ability to embrace who they are and to love them. And let me say this, that is, that's a hard thing to do. You're really being like your Lord when you do stuff like that. You're moving to the big level. You're moving up into the big leagues when you can learn how to, to be forgiving and to be self-sacrificial and giving to even to your own detriment. When you can set aside time and space for someone that you really don't have a whole lot of affinity for. When that's going on in your life, you are changing not only the world you live in, but you're becoming just like your Lord. You're glorifying him in some real power and strength. And so I would just say to you that that you and how you walk and who you are is important to God. And God is trying to build not just in you his will, but he's trying to build in, in you his character. Because the only way for you to function really according to the very eternal, powerful, life-changing will of God. The only way for you to function in that will is to have his character. If I'm going to have his perfect and pleasing will, then I've got to take on his powerful and overcoming character, don't I? If I'm going to have his perfect and pleasing will, the only way for me to really walk in something that's that wonderful is I've got to take on his powerful and life-changing character. And so it, the only way for me to do that is to be like him. And the only way for me to be like him is to learn to love because love is the defining characteristic of who he is. It's the only way for me to uh, really be who I'm supposed to be before him. And so I would just say to you that if you're going to, if you're going to have God's very best, you got to learn how to do that. And it's hard, no doubt about it. And you're going to find aspects of, of everybody that you don't like, but the wise one, the one who is learning to be like their Lord, looks for aspects of people that they like. And if you'll think about it, there are people in our church who are really good at it, and they find parts of people. I'm going to tell you, Miss Diane is unbelievable at doing that. She'll find something good about somebody and find out, and she'll figure out how God's going to use that in your life down the road. She'll start pushing you to it. Sometimes she'll drive you like a She'll drive you like a mule to it. I know people have, people know that, but you know what? She also has keen insight into what God's doing in someone's life, and she's good at figuring that out. And you know why? Because she's learned how to like people. She's just learned how to, she, she don't run into many people she don't like. And, uh, and that makes her powerful before God. And I would just say that to you in every possible way that you would think about. The only way for me to have God's best is to walk according to his will. And the only way to walk according to God's perfect and pleasing will is to have his character. And the only way to have his character is to walk in love and to walk in grace. 
And uh, this story is about Jacob and Esau figuring that out and becoming who they should be. Now they're Esau and Israel. And so I pray that'll take place for you. And I expect it. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.